I think I was actually letting go of this person that I saw myself as and it was kind of opening myself up to who I could be. Maybe for me it's to change someone's life in a way but through being myself I can be sacrificed for, for, for being fulfilled. That hurt me so much because I was like, I'm putting in so much work and you see this as a hobby? Hello and welcome to the Wise and Well podcast. I'm Taz Falconer, an entrepreneur and movement advocate. But what I'm really obsessed with is the concept of curating a world-class life and learning the mindset that goes into it. These are meaningful conversations with some of the people who I feel can help us do just that. Each episode, we share wisdom and wellness insights that will help us on our journey to design our world-class life. Hello, Sine. Thank you so much for being here today. I always love connecting with you. I love what you're doing. I love the brand you're building. So I was really excited to have you on the show. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. The first thing I want to ask you is, how do you feel in terms of your purpose? Do you feel you are on purpose, aligned to purpose? Mm, I do feel, I okay, I think it's changed over the years, um, what it means to me. But I do feel I am still on that path. But yeah, it's just changed. It's just changed the meaning. How, how has it changed or how would you define your purpose? purpose do you have it clearly defined or is it something that is constantly changing and what is it right now I think I used to have it as something that's clearly defined but now I can see that it can morph into different ways Um, I know that we're all here to serve in one way or another and yeah it just looks different now (laughs) and can you define it at the moment uh, I think for me it's still like to serve love but then I don't know right now um, where this path is leading me to but um, a few years back I was I knew like I felt like this is it and I guess as I've gotten older I've realized that I do change (laughs) as well but I do still feel that I'm doing the right thing I'm still in the right space but it may look different yeah I fully understand. I I do think that is something I found in my own life as well. It's almost like a maturity thing. Like when you think you have all the answers is actually when you don't have the answers. And then when you realize you don't have the answers, you're actually more on the right path than you were. (laughs) Have you felt that way? I have. I have. um, I think I've, I've learned to ask better questions, but not necessarily be fixated on what the answer is but just being in a place to ask a specific question is showing me where I'm at and it's kind of revealing something about where I should be going and it's not necessarily an answer mm-hmm. it's just more questions but better questions so what are some of the what are some of these like power questions that you have <laughs> discovered that you ask yourself um i think right now is the one about identity because um I think I was 25 when I was like, you know what, I want to get to know myself, I want to know who I am, and I want to find myself and all these things. And to a certain extent, I think I did delve into that. But now I'm like, I'm not that person anymore, you know, and there's no such thing as this is who I am. This is, you know, that's what I'm discovering now that 
I actually have no idea who I am now, and that's okay. Like, I'm going to figure it out some way, somehow. And by the time I figure it out, I need to figure out who I'm, I am then. <laughs> so there's never a place where I'm like, okay, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, and that's it. Yeah. It's more of like an evolving, transformational journey. Yeah. And so when you were, whatever, 25, 26, what was that identity that you were, how would you have described yourself or what, what was that identity that you felt quite tied to? Um, I think I was actually letting go of this person that I saw myself as and it was kind of opening myself up to who I could be. So I was in that space where I'm telling myself that, okay, I don't have to be this person who is this way because of the childhood traumas um i looked at what my sabotages were how did i become this way why do i choose these things and it's okay like for me to choose different what does that look like what will it mean for my new life and actually the funniest part for me was learning how to function in a non-dysfunctional way and that was just so strange to me because i'm like what do you do you know, what does it mean to not be neurotic or like, what does it mean to not be in these toxic patterns? And I had never been in that space before. And I remember having to define what a healthy family looks like for me. And it was like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, I don't know anything else other than the way I grew up. And I don't know um, love outside of what I grew up seeing. So what does that look like for me now? And I'm in a place to define that for myself now. And I can make it whatever I want. And that was so scary. <laughs> but it was, I guess, yeah, it was just the next step. And now it's like, okay, I don't have to hold on to that. I'm allowed to change again. Yeah. What was it that brought you to that realization that you can rewrite your story, you can change belief systems, you don't have to live in those ingrained belief systems from childhood? What was it that helped you shift that? Um, I think not being happy. And there was something in, my, in me that was like, this can't be it. You know, like, um, yes, I don't know any different. But for sure, this is not it. <laughs> it's like there's something different. Like <laughs> yeah. There's something better. Yeah. And I mean, what is it that I have to do in order to experience that thing? And what is it I have to change in myself? And yeah, I think that's what it was. Because I was just like, no, this is not enough for me. Yeah. And then how did this lead you to your Coco, launching your Coco? How did this all... I, I imagine that this happened during your self-development looking into yourself and asking these questions right so yeah. how did you how was your coco born out of this in 2016 i had moved here from cape town just graduated big dreams for Joburg, and wanted to be in the tv space as a writer or producer and again even in that space i was like no man I know I said I wanted to do this, but I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel that I'm doing this for more than just the money, you know. And if I look 10 years into my life and I'm still doing this, I just don't see what's the point, you know. And I'm just not 
yeah, I, I could be a machine, <laughs> you know, and yeah, so that kind of drew me into what does life mean for me and why are we all here, <laughs> you know. Um, Do you have the answer? <laughs> at that time, it was a thing of maybe for me it's to change someone's life in a way but through being myself and i mean because i had no idea who that is even <laughs> was gonna be a bit difficult so i had to find out who is that person and what are the things that come naturally to me and just looking back into what have i always been drawn to what are things that are that don't take effort for me to be when am i being myself <laughs> and yeah that's when i came to we had to serve love and I looked back into my childhood ice cream played such a huge role in my life um, and it was just those things that helped me to feel connected to my grandmother to my mom because my mom was a teenage mom so she had to go to school when I was being raised by my grandparents but every time we got together ice cream was in the mix okay yeah and it just made me feel connected made me feel like I'm loved and this is it for me you know and so drawing it back to that i'm like okay i want to create that for other people i want i know that ice cream means different things to people but how do i serve through this thing and how do i know that i love to have fun i've always thought growing up and being too serious is like the worst thing that could happen <laughs> <laughs> and i just i was also in that space where it's like what does it mean to be an adult and the adults that I'm seeing around me look miserable. <laughs> <laughs> like this cannot be it. You were like, they need they need ice cream. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. So yeah. And then just I guess going deep into that space is what helped your coco to be born. Oh, that story is so lovely. <laughs> I've never heard the full story, so I was getting a little goosebumps. Here. I was like, don't get emotional. Okay. And then that's so lovely. <laughs> and then why vegan? Why vegan ice cream? So again, in a space of serving love, I'm like, okay, it can't just be about people, you know, because also at that time I was also removing dairy from my from my diet because I'm just thinking what else could be contributed to me feeling so anxious, feeling all of these things and just looking into the things that we put in our bodies, they also affect how we feel. So... Of course, I still needed ice cream, even though I was not going to have dairy. I was already not eating meat. So, yeah, then I was like, okay, of course it has to be dairy-free. But also, this is another way to serve love to the planet. You know, I'm not going to make everybody <laughs> not have dairy. But at least you'll know that every time you have dessert, you've done something. So, yeah. And you're not compromising because you're still getting a delicious product. Yeah. It's not like you're compromising yeah. on having delicious ice cream. Yeah. I love that. So are you vegan? No, I'm not vegan. Okay. Yeah. Do you eat meat now again? No, I don't. <laughs> so are you vegetarian? I'm more, you know, I don't want to like ever place myself in a box of being vegan or whatnot. But I guess my diet doesn't consist of a lot of dairy, but I definitely don't eat meat. And yeah, it's just, but I'm, I wouldn't say vegan yeah okay yeah because i think just vegan comes with a lot of other connotations yeah yeah i get that i get that i think also so i also follow like a mainly vegetarian diet but i eat a bit of fish so i'd say pescatarian yeah and it's also not a thing for me that 
it's not that I feel that no one should eat meat. I'm yeah. not that person who's saying no one should eat meat. I just yeah. think we should all eat a little bit more consciously. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, not just eat the meat all the time. Yeah. We'll just go for what's easy to get. So yeah. I fully resonate with what you're saying. And I also loved what you said about that you started making changes with what you were putting into your body. Yeah. This yeah. is a conversation I was having with someone recently. Mm. Um, they were talking about anxiety. Yeah. And I said, like, are you looking at what you are having? Sometimes you're having like a sugary drink or something and then you feel anxiety after and you're not always making that connection mm. that it's something exactly. so simple as what you're actually putting into your body. Yeah. So Even things we watch and things we hear, the spaces, mm. you know, the conversations that we have, all of those things, we just think, oh, I'm, I just have anxiety out of nowhere. Like all of those things do contribute into how our brains make up stories in our minds. How do you go about if you're starting to feel either overwhelmed or you used the word neurotic earlier? I don't know if you still experience that. What are the questions now that you ask yourself to find the root of what is causing that feeling? You know, I was speaking about it this morning. Um, so I've, I think the first thing that was important for me to do is to differentiate the voices in my head. You know, I now know that negative voice in my head and I bully that voice sometimes because <laughs> I'm just like, this is nonsense. Like, you know, now I've learned how to actually see what is true and what isn't true, because sometimes I can see myself making up a story about a situation. And if I'm honest with myself, like, is that what's really happening or is that my insecurity speaking, you know, or what else? actually could be contributing to me seeing the situation this way mm -hmm. and so i think being more aware of my thoughts have like really has really really changed things because even sometimes like so i i meditate a whole lot more now but sometimes even with meditation like i just have so much going on in my head and that's okay mm -hmm. like i've learned to not judge myself so much sometimes and even when i'm about to spiral i can see it <laughs> so I think that's really, really changed. Like yeah. just being able to see where things are, you know, things are starting to dwindle. Yeah. And instead of like catching myself already in the whirlwind. So yeah, that's that's just what I do now. It's like, okay, I can see where this thought is going to be in five days. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to stop, stop that right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love what you said. And I, I agree so much. It's, it's almost like just becoming more conscious of the thoughts. Yeah. And I read somewhere, one of these mentors, he said, the first question is to ask yourself about the thought, is it true? Yeah. Is it even true? Is it even yours? Is it even your thoughts? <laughs> you yeah. know, and like half the time it's not, it's something injected. Exactly. So yeah, and then you just feel like you take control back over your, yeah. your life, your yeah. thoughts, right? Yeah. It's like, is this how I want to feel? I don't. So... Why are you telling me this? Like, are you trying to protect me from something? Or are you just trying to make me go crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and you're having these conversations in your yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I have to bully that voice to shut up, I will. It'll happen. <laughs> Tell me, do you spend a lot of time in like silence and solitude? I think so. Because like last year, um, I had to like work alone a lot. Like the whole year, basically. So I think I'm just used to just being inside myself now and 
even my friends, I tell them, like, guys, I know no one now. Like, the only drama or anything happening is, like, it's either from a show or, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I've become the most boring person. If ever we meet, all I have to tell you about is something that I watched. Some series, <laughs> y'all. Yeah, it's nothing in real life. So it's just like, you know what, this is how I want my life to be. Like, there's, like, no drama at all. <laughs> yeah, I can... I, I think I went overboard with like the boundary setting on controlling oh, wow. <laughs> controlling what's in my space because now I'm just like wow it's just crickets now <laughs> so yeah oh okay that's cool that's cool maybe you went a bit overboard though I think I did <laughs> I mean also like lockdown I think yeah. like just really changed things like it made it okay to get used to being by yourself yeah. with your thoughts yeah, you yeah 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 it's beautiful though because so, yeah. you never have to like fear being alone that way oh, yeah and how because i find what you've done inspirational and what i love about your brand it's not like a fly by night you've been doing this since yeah. 2016 you've been through challenges you've been through all of this but you're still here you're reinventing yourself yeah and it's very inspiring i must Thank tell you, you. So how does someone, so many people have these this concept that there's like what they love to do and then there's their job. And these are two separate things. And it seems like what you have done so well is you have brought these two together. You have created your purpose is your job. And I feel like the more aligned we can become, the more we can see everything we do in a day as serving a similar or the same purpose. Like yeah. the more integrated we're going to feel as humans. Definitely. So... Again, I see you as having done this so well. So how do you, what is your advice to people who are looking to either, they know their purpose and they want to turn this into either a business or a side hustle, or they just want to do more of it without yeah. feeling guilty. How do you start taking those steps? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things to consider because, I mean, you do need money. <laughs> Cost money to eat. Yeah. And honestly, I think when you when you place all your money needs on your passion or on your calling or whatever, it's a bit harder, not impossible, mm-hmm. but it's a bit harder to, to walk that path. And did you do it that way? Unfortunately, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in hindsight now, sometimes I think I would have done things differently, but honestly, I don't think there is any other way I should mm-hmm. have done it. Um, but it does put a lot of pressure on you. And, you know, once things change from being about the purpose and serving and becomes about the money. A lot changes, even your decisions change and you end up in a job, you end up in a rut, you end up chasing the money. And I think that just changes everything. So if you can avoid going um, the route of placing all your money needs on that, I think then do it a different way because yeah I, I think money money is the thing that kind of changes things you know and you you end up working from a place of survival mode instead of serving mm. and you need a lot of support you know you need a lot of support and I do like honestly a perfect world for me is that world where we can all do what we called here to do without capitalism trying to constantly kill you (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um i think you have a lot of people have to balance it 
um, at first before just diving into what you called here to do. Um, but again, when you are so convicted that this is where you need to be, you always find a way. Mm. It's just not going to be easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you always find a way. So I don't know. I think it's up to the person. What can you handle and what can you what can you sacrifice for 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 being fulfilled? So maybe something more like either saving up for a while and then having mm. a little bit of money and knowing you're going to start this project and you maybe are able to even lose that money if mm. if it doesn't work out just yeah. to take that stress off yourself yeah because it's the money is definitely gonna stress you out mm. i don't even want to lie it's definitely gonna stress you out so yeah but i mean again what are you willing to sacrifice yeah you know because you know like if you're not happy if you're not fulfilled if you feel like what you're doing you're wasting away anything is way better than that yeah yeah i always feel like you want to feel like you're doing your best yeah whatever that is in that moment yeah not to be comparing it to anyone but like am i doing really like my best at this moment yeah um and so how have you learned now have you learned now to balance the economics of the business you must have because you wouldn't still have a business if not (laughs) but to balance the economics and still keep the purpose and the passion and the love um, I think I think I've gotten better. I think I've gotten better, and I've seen when it tips to business mode, and I'm just a businesswoman trying to do my thing. Compared to who started this business, you know, and why. Mm. Um, yeah, I've I've learned to be a bit better because I hate it. I hate it when I'm in that business mode. Like, let's just go. Like, yeah, and it's like okay, just get a job then, <laughs> you know, because this doesn't feel aligned. This doesn't feel like your Coco. It's just another business now. So, yeah, I think I've definitely gotten a bit better. And I've gotten better at asking for help. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 How did the name your Coco come about? <laughs> I remember that I, <laughs> I remember having this piece of paper and I I was going to Cape Town to see a friend and I was telling her about your cook like well this business I want to start and it was all so dreamy mm. and all of that I had a paper different names you know and how I came up with that list was I already knew that it was going to be dairy free and it was going to be coconut based it's going to incorporate yoga elements. Yes. It's going to be, <laughs> you know, it's going to be all of these things. <laughs> so all of the names had to do with something like with the yo oh, and the coco. Wow. Like, coco, yo, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, you know, when one like when you start saying a name the first time, it sounds so weird. Weird. Your yeah. coco used to sound so weird. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I think this is the one. I don't know why, but this is the one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I did, I never realized it was like yoga and cocoa. And yeah. Yoga and cocoa. I love it. I love it. Okay. And then this takes me exactly into my next question, which is when you were conceptualizing. Yeah. You know, when you're conceptualizing and you're so excited and then you tell people the idea and sometimes did you experience this? You don't get the response you were Yay. expecting, right? Yeah. And then yeah. it could make you either doubt yourself, but then sometimes people have good valid points. So how did you experience this? How did you deal with it? How do you know who to listen to and who is just creating brain noise for you? (laughs) I did. Um, So I remember I was still, okay, so I quit my job, right? My original job. You just left? 
I just left. Okay. Like, I think my boss did something on that day where I was just like, yeah. This was this in TV? Sign. Yeah. Okay. Like, this is the sign. Like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> and call my mom. I'm like, I quit my job. She's like, what you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then um, I think like two weeks later, a friend of mine calls me up to say that they need an assistant, um, assistant photographer or whatnot. I'm like, okay. I'll go back, <laughs> you know, and then, um, but this thing is gnawing at me that like, let's do this, let's go, let's go. So I started um, creating these surveys and whenever we in meetings afterwards, I'll just give them to people to ask them what is it that they'd want in the dessert and all of that. So I tell my friend that, hey, I want to start this business. I'm gonna, and they're like, you, a business. Oh, wow. <laughs> you would never survive. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, why not? They're like, do you know how stressful a business is? And I mean, I can't imagine you like managing people and all these things. I'm like, what? So I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm just going to ignore. And then I tell other people and other people are like excited and other people are more excited than I am. <laughs> and then you're like, well, maybe it's not going to be like all that. Don't get too exactly. excited. <laughs> Next thing, all these people are telling me, okay, when are you doing your thing? I'm like, oh my word, why did I tell you? Now Accountability. I have to do it. <laughs> Accountability. Yeah. So there were a lot of that. Like other people just telling me that. Oh. And I remember this from a person I care about a lot and they care about me. And they said, you know what? Uh, maybe this thing is just a hobby. Uh, maybe just find a job. And that hurt me so much because I was like, I'm putting in so much work and you see this as a hobby, mm. you know? And I think that kind of fueled me to make it better and mm. like just push more. Cause I'm like, how, like, what is it that I'm doing to make this person feel like it's a hobby? You know, and um, yeah, so different voices, I guess, did kind of impact how I feel about it. But essentially, the core was just too big. And other people, I was like, this is, this is about you. It's not yeah. about me. And you're like, <laughs> so. and you're not coming to taste the ice cream <laughs> <laughs> when we're making it. Um, I love what you said there, how this one person actually made you think, what am I doing here that's making them think this should just be a hobby? Yeah. Um, which is obviously extracting some meaning out of what they're saying. Yeah. You could say you're extracting the love out of what they're saying, yeah. you know, and trying to use it to actually make you better. Yeah. So I do love that because there is sometimes value, although people say hurtful things. Yeah. Um, sometimes there is a bit of value in what they're saying and we can choose to extract that value if we... Definitely. If we want to. Definitely, yeah. And then once you had actually launched, have you been in a situation where you have experienced rejection in some way, whether this was from um, customers or stockists or something like this, or just a rejection that really hit you? Yeah. And how did you deal with that? Yeah, there is this one particular event. I remember this, um, we were at a market and this person came through and they were tasting all the ice creams and they were just like, oh, they don't like anything, you know? And I was like, I, I took it so personally. I don't know why, but I was like, okay, what is it that you don't like? You know, they went off on this tangent and as they're talking, I'm just like, is this true? 
or and I mean this person to be quite honest they just look like they're never happy with anything in life <laughs> so but I still internalize that and immediately after that person left somebody else came through and they were like oh my word this is the best ice cream I've ever had like literally after them best ice cream I've ever had they told me the story and like how they became vegan like years ago and they haven't had ice cream and I was just like how is this possible you know like somebody just said the complete opposite of what she just said and i think that kind of taught me that you know what it's not always personal people are always talking about things from their perspective and i have no idea like what's happened in your life i have no idea what informs your decisions how you show up and all of that it actually has nothing to do with me so yeah i think that was that one rejection that was like <gasps> to me but then i immediately saw that ah this is not about me yeah and yeah i've always put a place um to hear criticism it sucks but yeah it's like i, I always look at it it's gonna help me become better and i can see now i can Okay, I'm more discerning now. Like, is this true? <laughs> Let's start. <Yeah. laughs> you know, um, I mean, yeah, some people are just miserable and there's nothing I can do about it. And that's okay. I mean, I even look at other people's reviews. There's some products where I'm like, this is amazing. What does this person mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it has nothing to do with any of us. It's just something that's in them. And that's okay. Such a personal thing and you but you should not take it personally honestly it has nothing to do with you yeah they don't even remember you like after saying it yeah <laughs> so yeah but sometimes easier said than done I hey? know. in the moment yeah definitely yeah but also i think just getting to just growing in my business i now know what's true about my business and what isn't and if i'm not sure i can always ask people that I do trust to be honest with me that is this true mm you know and if it is then that's something i need to work on but if it isn't then yeah it's just another day yeah yeah <laughs> and then do you feel a certain added responsibility as a black female entrepreneur do you feel an added responsibility was this just who you are you're doing your thing how how does that play out for you in your business and in the, the things you do your social interactions and the business as a whole like you mean responsibility in the sense of what do you feel that you know other women are looking up to you as this female entrepreneur do you feel like there's an like an incumbent responsibility with it is it something that you even think about maybe not um i'm just interested to know yes Ah, uh, <laughs> I try not to look at things like that because there's just too much pressure. Like, <laughs> okay, just forget us. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's honestly too much pressure. If you wanna find inspiration from what I do, great. But I mean, I'm gonna disappoint you sometimes. So, and I think I've I've kind of worked that into myself that it's okay to disappoint people sometimes. And I mean, it hasn't always been easy mm. to, especially as somebody who was a people pleaser a lot growing up um you know always wanting to be perfect and doing things right and all of that but i'm not responsible for other people's perception of me and yeah i mean as a black person i do feel um that i am playing an important part in terms of representation um because i struggle to find other black entrepreneurs who are doing what I'm doing the way I'm doing and that kind of made it a bit more difficult mm -hmm. because 
I think it's always a bit easier to see somebody else's path and then you can you can kind of start by imitating that until you find your own way but I just I couldn't do that (laughs) so and because you're a pioneer baby (laughs) and it's just like oh my word can I see somebody who's doing what I want you know so I had to like take different inspirations for different people and I do recognize that the way that I do things as a black woman is very different to somebody else who's in the same space as me and is a different race how so because of our backgrounds and the way that we see life and probably I mean I look at YouTube now there's some videos that I want to maybe let's say I want a meditation video I have to say I want to see a black woman doing that because if I don't I just see a whole lot of white women creators until I find and sometimes I just need somebody who looks like me who kind of does things a bit more like me because I think it is important to to notice that we are different even though we are similar and we're all human but our backgrounds and the way that we we do business I mean my grandmother did business way differently than say a white a white granny or whatever and that that's important you know it it makes you it makes you feel a bit more understood and there's some things that i will never understand from other people i mean i can i can try <laughs> but it's not the same yeah. like our backgrounds are not the same and like the way that yeah the way we see life is not going to be the same way and that that matters okay yeah. That's interesting what you say about the meditation. So what is it that you feel would be different? Um, so this is, you're talking about, I guess, a guided meditation, right? Yeah, yeah. How, how is it showing up differently if there's a black woman leading the guided meditation versus so, someone else? Say for me, um, with African spirituality, right? There's a lot of things that mean stuff to me in African spirituality that I wouldn't get from a white um spiritual teacher for example and i mean sometimes even hearing my language in a meditation makes the world of a difference and yeah different words different yeah different meanings to mm. things yeah okay that's so yeah. interesting i've never really i've never thought of it in that way so yeah. it's quite interesting <laughs> okay so tell me about creating your bliss i have seen this popping up on your socials yeah you're talking about creating your bliss what is this movement what is this thing so it started off again with wanting to see what bliss means to all of us right and we did a campaign in sure the pandemic has just made everything such a blur. I think it was probably 2019. We did a, a campaign with Yoko. Um, and I wanted to do like our first um, advert and all of that. And it was focused on what is black girl joy, you know. And because growing up, I personally haven't seen any of the women in my lineage, any of the women in my family, just being joyful, blissful. And this is 
this is what I do. This is me. I, I don't have to be doing things for hundreds of other people <laughs> before I can think about myself. And in a way, this is the gift that I have been able to, I guess, to to get. Um, I'm the first person in my family to do something that's my passion and my purpose, something that brings me joy. You know, other people in my family have had to do things so that we can get by. <laughs> and I feel that's like how it is for a lot of black women. And I just wanted us to explore that. Like, what is that bliss? And it's okay <laughs> for us to step into that and to be completely guilt-free in, in being blissful and not have it be about anybody else but you you know um of course like when you are blissful and you are at your best that affects everybody in the, the most beautiful way so that's where it started like let's go back to bliss like what is it you know and let's just go into this it, it's almost frozen in time because i think there's just so many responsibilities mm -hmm. and so much pressure placed on on women, you know, and for them to make everything good for everybody else but themselves. So yeah, that's where it started. And then now we are on Remember Your Bliss because again, your bliss changes as you get to different stages of life. And yeah, what does it look like now? How do you recreate it now? And yeah, that's where we're at. Okay, yeah. that is super cool. And so it's also like stepping back into your power. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and just be you. Be you. Yeah. So I feel in a way we have covered this, but I'd love to sort of cement it down. What is your intention with your cocoa? Yeah. So my intention with your cocoa, honestly, is to remind all of us of who we truly are before all the trauma, before all the all the other things that take you away from your you-ness, you know, just being you, being just just that love vibration, just being yourself, like without having to compensate for whatever, without having to be something that you're not, all of that. Like who is that person? Mm -hmm. You know, you at your best, basically. And I want to remind people that you do deserve all of the love there is like all of the love that there is available to you you deserve all of it and you don't ever have to earn it or be something or you know because i feel that life now <laughs> makes you feel like you have to be somebody else you know for you to feel worthy and i mean i remember i was at this other retreat and we had to write down the horrible things that we say to ourselves and honestly i was so heartbroken when we had to all pass it to each other and the one that i got and i was like whoa this is the things that we say mm -hmm. to ourselves you know and it's it's horrible stuff you know and i know life and maybe a whole lot of different things have made us feel that way but it's not true yeah. You know, and I just want your Coco to be that reminder of you are love and the way you truly are as a person, that's way more than enough. And you deserve to see that person. So, yeah. That's stunning. I remember reading this quote and I had reposted it a few years ago, but it said, 
if your if your friend spoke to you the way you spoke to you, would mm. you still be their friend? Gee, yeah. <laughs> and it really got me thinking, you know. Yeah. All right, so I've loved chatting to you. I have one more question to wrap up. I ask this to all my guests. Okay. What does it mean to you to live a world-class life? Whoa. <laughs> um, hmm. Wait, what does world-class mean in this context? It's what it means to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, so basically, what what is a world-class life to you? And how do you live that world-class life? Okay, so I guess uh, world-class um life to me will probably be where i get paid myself (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah where i can just fully be me all the time and whatever that is you know and not be afraid to to step into that Mm. yeah stunning all right so Sine, where can people find you, support you, try the ice cream? How do they find you? They can find us at, so it's the our social media page, Instagram, it's the underscore Yokoko, um, which is also Twitter, and Facebook is Yokoko Dairy Free Ice Cream. And we also supply um, a couple of stores, or so Jackson's in both Kalami and Branston, um, the first vegan Blegari, Thrabs in Elovo, um, Cedar Square, um, the refillery, and also in Woodlands Boulevard. Um, also, we have an online store, which is yokoko.co.za. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, oh, and Farm Table in Linden, and then in KZN as well. Right? Wow. <laughs> so many places. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I definitely encourage people, if you have not tried your cocoa, it is absolutely delicious. Thank you. <laughs> um, I once did an Instagram takeover for them and ate so much ice cream. I had ice cream for (laughs) breakfast. It was like my dream day. Um, And I also discovered how hard ice cream photography is. (laughs) But I highly, highly recommend you can literally taste the love in this product. Okay, you can taste scoops of love. So please um, reach out, connect with Sine, have a look at what they're doing. It's very inspirational. Thank you you so much for being here today. This was so much fun. I loved getting to know you a little bit better. Thank you. This was fun. We'll do it again. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.